Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Uh, my name's Dave, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, I came to, uh, well, my story starts when I was born, actually. I was born May the 22nd, 1944, and I was uh, put up for adoption. I was a second child born out of wedlock, as they called it back then. And uh, to, uh, uh, my mother and father, and they, they, did, they didn't really get along with each other, and they fought all the time. And uh, they separated all the time. So uh, there's a lot of us adopted adults here in the program that I talked to over the years. And we're all kind of alike. You know, we we have a, a great fear of abandonment. And because uh, my parents separated all the time, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, and I, I always felt insecure growing up. And uh, so I acted out in different ways to get attention and a lot of other things that I don't have time to go into. But but I uh, thanks to the inventory work that we do and that sponsors helped me with, I began to unravel my life and find out how I, you know, what I used to write in my inventories was, I don't know what's wrong with me. And because and, I felt like when I went into counseling, the counselor wanted to know why I thought there was something wrong with me. And so it was all, it, it all related back to that. So, but, uh, so my mother used to, when I feel sorry for myself, my mother would comfort me by sitting me down at the table and giving me something to eat. And so, uh, food, uh, I'm not, I'm not unique. Food was my comforter, like so many of us. And, uh, so I grew up that way and I, and I, I, you know, of course, I got overweight, and and uh, and the kids called me name, fatso, chubby, and I I cried to my mother, and I said, "Why am I so fat?" And she says, "You're not fat. You're just a husky boy." So my mother was my greatest advocate. You know, uh, she was she was also <laughs> uh, didn't help much because even before she passed, she she always wanted to go out to to eat. You know, one time we went out and ate in this place, and then we drove. She wanted to take a drive, and we drove by this other place. She said, "Let's go in there and have something to eat." I said, "Come on, mom, you just ate." You know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so she was my, my my not actually a binge buddy, but she was my food buddy. So uh, so then I moved along, and, and uh, you know, as a teenager, and and uh, and I I you know I got. I got married. I married a lady that had two kids and because I liked her kids and I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, I just, you know, this lady liked me and I, and I liked her kids and I said, no, no other woman's probably going to be interested in me. So I better get married, you know? So, uh, so then, um, I had a period of time when I, uh, would, would try a diet and, uh, and, and, you know, and it, it didn't last very long. And then finally I went to, I had got health insurance and I decided to go do something about my problem. And I went to see Dr. Mary Jane in at Kaiser Permanente here in San Diego. She was doctor of internal medicine and she gave me a food plan. Yeah, she says, just follow this food plan. 
and come and see me. I don't know how often it was. And, and I come back and share. So I lost 14 pounds. She says, that's great. Good for you, Dave. Keep doing it. Keep on the food plan. And so, you know, then, then Christmas came around and the guys had a Christmas party and they go, you know, you're going to screw the Christmas party up for God's sakes. Go just have something to eat for God's sakes. And then Monday you can go back on your food plan. I said, well, that's a great idea. Sounds good to me. You know, of course, Monday never came. So then I went back to the doctor. I said, look, your food plan didn't work. I, I started eating again, you know, and, and she said, well, the food plan works. You just have to use some willpower. I said, well, I heard about this stomach bypass surgery and I, I'd like to get that, you know, and she says, well, you know, you're not at risk. You don't have high blood pressure yet. And you don't have congestion. We only give that to people that are at risk. Now it's an industry as we know. And so uh, she, I said, well, you know, then I want to see a psychiatrist. Because anybody that talks about dinner while I'm eat, while they're eating breakfast, there's something wrong with me because that, I, I eat all day long and I can't stop. And, you know, and, and so she said, well, I don't think you need a psychiatrist. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. She says, I think what you need is a support group. She says, I know of two, Weight Watchers and Overeaters Anonymous. And she says, the only thing I know about them, Dave, is one costs money and the other one's free. So guess where I came? You know, and so that's how I ended up here with you folks. And so my goodness, I went to my first meeting at uh, August 17th, 1976. And uh, at the WD Hall Middle School in El Cajon, California. And I called the lady on the phone. I said, where are the meeting? OA meetings, that's a very nice lady. And I was probably rather rude. And she says, well, the, 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 the big meetings down here at the Kensington Community Church down in San Diego. I says, well, I live in El Cajon. That's, you know, that's 15 miles away. And she says, well, there's one in El Cajon just across the, on, at the W.D. Hall Middle School. I said, well, I live on Chase Avenue. That's a mile and a half, you know. <laughs> so I, I went over there and, uh, with my shirt untucked so people couldn't see how fat I was. <laughs> And I weighed 300 pounds and uh, I walked in there and I, and a late, they passed this picture around of this lady and, and it, she was wearing a muumuu. I don't know if anybody knows what a muumuu is anymore, but, and on the back of the picture, it says at 322. And so I rudely asked the lady next to me, who, why are you showing a picture of this fat lady? And she said, that's the leader. And I didn't like the leader because she probably couldn't make 120 pounds. And her name was Ida. And I listened to her talk and I immediately became Ida's best friend. And Ida didn't drive. And so I drove her to every meeting. I, I, I wanted what Ida had because you people were talking a language that I never heard, but you, you knew how I felt and you were sharing that with me freely. I'd never heard people talk about the disease like you did and you called it a disease you know and i thought it didn't make sense to me and i told the lady after the meeting i said uh, yeah but you don't understand i have to lose 130 pounds and she said well we do it one day at a time that's why it works well that didn't make sense to me either you know the one day at a time thing so uh, but the food plan i took it home to my wife and i said this is the food plan and i'm supposed to call this lady helen and and and, get, and tell her what I'm going to eat, and then I and then that's it. That's all I get, you know. And uh, and then I got to make three phone calls a day, and I got to write these assignments, you know, that she gave me. 
And 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 I and my wife says, okay, I'll make the food, you know. So my wife made my abstinent food, and I and I raced Helen to see who lost weight faster because I was on a destination. I'm going to lose weight and get the hell out of here because the guys used to say, hey, how come you're not hanging out with us on Wednesday night, uh, Dave? I said, well, I go to this meeting. So what kind of meeting is it? That's ah, people getting together. So what kind of, what do they do when they get together? I said, they talk. Said, what do they talk about? Said, All kinds of things. After, you know, after somebody asks you 20 questions and you don't give them an answer, they what they said, how oh, the hell with you, you know? So I got out of that telling somebody I went to over, can you imagine the, I told the guys in the shop, I went to Overeaters Anonymous. I get laughed out of the place, you know? So that's, that was my introduction into OA, you know? And, and I lost all my weight and everybody wanted me to speak, you know, because I was, flying high man i was it was great you know and it still is great but uh the, the ladies used to invite me to the step study i wasn't interested in the step study you know and uh and and i you know then well then my wife got upset at me because i kept going to more meetings after i lost my weight and there wasn't any men in the program you know there was five men there was Virgil, Jose, Ignacio, and Rick White once in a while. I mean, I knew all the guys, you know, and uh, and so, you know, she got tired of that, and and I and I started helping with the laundry and doing the dishes. And I I started to change, and I, then I got on the retreat committee. I was gone every other month on the weekend, and so uh, I met these wonderful people, and they wanted they wanted me to be with them, and, I, and it was wonderful. And so, she didn't understand. I understand now that that i that you guys gave me something that she couldn't give me she wasn't able to you know and she was a good wife but she divorced me and my divorce paper said said respondents suffered severe personality change as a result of involvement in the program of overeaters anonymous and i was living with my spine you know, I, I i left you know separated and so we my sponsor and i got an apartment and he just got divorced and he was an AA, one of these AA guys come over to OA, you know, and he'd been around a while. And, and I was just, I'd never worked the steps or anything, you know, other than just the three, first three on the assignments I did. And I wasn't really that interested in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not an alcoholic. Well, I have to read the Alcoholics Anonymous book, you know. So, you know, but I was very lonely because I, I, you know, and, and then my divorce papers came and, and, uh, Knock, guy knocked on the door and and uh, Pete was there with his girlfriend Nancy and and uh, and I I started crying and and Pete says what are you crying about I says I lost I lost my family I lost everything you know and and uh, Nancy was mad at him for laughing and and she says why are you laughing at Dave she says I'm not laughing at him I'm just laughing at the whole idea that he lost his family we're his family you know I've I've always remembered that and. He took me through the steps and he, and he had me write and he read everything I wrote and then he'd have me rewrite it and, and go in a different direction because all I was doing is beating the crap out of myself. And, uh, and he helped me, you know, and I, I, I call him every year. He's 80 years old now or more. <laughs> I don't know what he is. I'm 78. I call him every year. I say, you know, you, you he completely turned my life around. There's just no other way to put it, you know. And, uh, and I saw him do service. He would get in this old Ford LTD and drive across the Pacific beach and pick some lady up and take her to the meeting in El Cajon. Cause there wasn't a meeting on uh, whatever night that was Wednesday night. 
And then he'd drive her back home in his car and he was selling mobile homes and his car didn't run. And I had to clean the spark plugs in his car all the time. And I said, you know, how are you going to pay the rent if this car breaks down? And, and it was always this whole thing, you know, it's not my car, it's God's car. This is not our apartment, it's God's apartment. Everything is God's, you know? And so I got, God, this guy and his God stuff, you know? But uh, I, you know, we, I was, I, I said, you know, I'm really lonely on Sundays. Then you go off with Nancy and <clears throat> I'm here by myself and I, I don't do well. I'm not going to eat, but I'm just terribly lonely. He says, why don't we start a meeting in the apartment? I said, can we do that? He said, sure. So we started a big book candlelight meeting. The best thing that ever happened. And that's how I started reading the big book, you know, and I, <clears throat> and so, you know, that, you know, one thing led to another, and, and uh, I was fortunate to be on the retreat committee, and and I, I got to hear a lot of really good speakers, you know, and every, every, every other month we had a retreat, and so, and that, that was the old days. So, you know, that, that and then, and then, you know, I, like a lot of us, <clears throat> I thought I was pretty damn smart. I, I, you know, I've been on the retreat committee, I've been a conference delegate, I was a trustee nominee, for God's sakes. I, I was a chair, intergroup chair. I was a vice chair. I, you know, I've been the treasurer three times. Uh, you know, and and because the I, the people that were that were abstaining and and working the program, they were all doing service. So I, you know, they they dragged me along. They sucked me in, and I'm glad they did. They're still my friends. And so, um, you know, I thought I was pretty. That's it. Five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. And and so I I I had I thought I was pretty smart. So I had I had a I had a relapse. You know, I remarried. And uh, so <clears throat> I went. To, somebody has asked me this today. A wonderful thing happened. We used to have a guy that lived that was lived in L.A. and his name was Bill B. And he used to lead our retreat. You know, a lot of you don't ever, will never remember him, but some maybe some older people do. And so <clears throat> Bill had really bad asthma and he was down here in the hospital in San Diego. So I got up to 286 pounds and I went up to the hospital because I just knew he was my guru. I, I did guru things then, you know, followed people around, Don R, you know, <clears throat> you had a lot of them up there in LA and, and uh, they were all great, great people. And so I went up to the hospital to see Bill and I was telling uh, this guy I've talked to in Michigan on the phone, I said, you know what? I realized that after I after I left the hospital, I didn't even ask Bill how he was how he was doing. I was so self-centered. I said, "Bill, how am I going to recover? You know, how am I going to get my absence back?" And he said, "This is what he said to me. He said, "You know, Dave, your relapse is part of your recovery." Oh, that was terrible. I, I was left there so disappointed. And I sit here today in his chair, and I realize he was absolutely correct. You know because I needed to go to another 12-step program so I could work this program. <clears throat> I never left the program, I, but I sat in the back of the room full of shame. And so um, that was the road back for me. And uh, so, I don't know, uh, the pandemic happened, you know, fast forward, you know, well, my wife passed away in 2014 of alcoholism. You know, she wasn't drunk. She'd been sober for five years, but she was 69 years old. And alcohol did its dirty deed to her body. You know, there was nothing left of her, you know. And uh, she was she was great. And she was great. And uh, we left in good terms, thanks to the inventory, thanks to the forgiveness that I was able to receive 
and give to her. <clears throat> and and uh, and I got to help her when she was real sick in the end, you know, thanks to the program and my and, and you know, whatever it whatever it gave me, it gave I was able to help my wife and, and uh, dedicate myself to that. So it's really great when you forgive everybody that passes away because you know you don't you don't have a record there that you're hanging over your head you know so anyway um the pen so everybody wanted me to i don't know how much time i have but every everybody wanted me to go on the dating service i said i'm seven years old i'm not going to go on a dating service to find another you, you, know, you got to find of, another you have plenty of time you have two two, two minutes oh, okay. over two minutes <clears throat> okay so so i i refused to do that I said, I'm going to live here with my dog and at the end of the trail, you know, the end of the trail comes me and my dog. And so, uh, <laughs> so I'd known this lady in the program for 40 years, you know, she come, you know, come in and out and she, and she was always real friendly. She always liked me. So she, she told me one day at uh, fellowship at, 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 uh, at the restaurant, she says, I'm going to take you out on a test date. Or some other woman gets us and i i thought she was just make, trying to make me feel better but we've been together for eight years i'll just wrap that up so so i i do have adult supervision now in my life and that's good so and the pandemic came and then and then that's when i had to do the one day at a time thing because i wasn't going to run around a, a bunch of people so i started walking more and i'll just wrap it up by saying I have a, a, an action plan, and that is I get up in the morning, I put on my stuff, and I go for a walk. And first I read my meditation, I, then I go for a walk, and I listen to a 645 phone meeting, and then I then I take my calls from people I sponsor, you know, because I don't believe you can recover unless you're a sponsor. You're not going to recover for very long. So, I mean, it's a way that I get out of myself and and uh, give back what's been freely given to me as they say that's not an original quote so you know my I, my life is uh, i'm on, on this journey with everybody and it's a continuous cycle of pain growth and joy you know i, I you get older you lose a lot of friends pass away before you do i don't like that but that's life and i and you know i I, I try to replace my perfectionism with excellence. It's, a, it's okay for me to have an excellent day, an excellent abstinence, but perfect is not going to happen to this guy. And I don't, I don't put that on myself. But so um, I'm abstinent to the grace of God, and uh, that's about all I got. You know, I'm really grateful to be alive. Uh, I, you know, I'm very enthusiastic about the program and. And if you have any problem with me, talk to Stacy. She's the one that asked me. So thank you.